This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts. Chris Schubert's here for a second day in a row producing this thing. We're from the Draft Network, and we're brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You will always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. They feature live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They have every sport, so head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. It's bet online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, I cautiously wish you a very happy opposite day to you. I do. I wish you a terrible opposite day today. <laughs> Joe, why? It's why? A, it's, why, it's why a real... You- because you, it's a real day, right, finally right. it happened. But you know, January twenty fifth right. is opposite. But, day. but you now know the entire rest of the show. Like, however, right. this is if this is a thirty minute, forty minute, fifty minute show, however long we go, Kyle's gonna sneak in some shenanigans because it's opposite mm-hmm. day. So you, this is entirely your fault. I'm just glad it didn't happen on a Friday for two truths and a lie. <laughs> oh, God, it could really would, complicate that. Would have. <laughs> I I am not not glad that Chris accomplished the major feat of arriving for draft dudes two days in a row. Can I, can I start the show with an announcement? I'm not, I'm I'm not playing into the bit of ops today. I'm legitimately, can I make an announcement to start the show here today? Um, it's opposite day. So go, go ahead. Okay, I'm just going to go. I don't really care what you guys say at this point. Um, I just I do want to let everyone know that's listening that has not already done so. Done so. If done you are TDM, if you are already a TDN <laughs> premium member, the mock draft machine beta is now open. So you're going to want to go to the website, click on the thing at the top that says mock draft machine beta, get all the information, get into the Discord with us, get all signed up, be a part of the the MDM beta. If you're not a part of the TDN premium already, I mean, here's the well, here's the invitation, folks. Here you go. MDM beta is open. It's live. We are testing it. We got a big community right now that's going through it, sharing what they're doing on the mock drafts. Kyle's raising his hand. Probably going to tell me I shouldn't have said any of this out loud, but I don't care. No, I, I'm glad you said something. Um, just for anybody, can can we clarify what a beta is? 
please, please go by all because means. Because I think ahead. that's very important information for anybody who's not familiar with like, it's a video game thing, right? We're they testing. Release, we're testing. We're testing, we're, we're, right? This is not, it's not a finished product yet. We have a lot of people who like to do a lot of trades. And when you do a lot of trades, things we're still working through the coding of making sure that everything works the way that it's supposed to. But there's also some features that are not assimilated in. We spent a lot of time working on the logic to make sure that the computer and the simulation logic works the way that we want it to. It is at that point. At that point, we say, hey, premium members can run mocks. So come in and run mocks. Just know the next stage is the operation and the functionality of the trade functionality. And then once we get that perfected, then we're going to take this big new feature that we haven't told anybody about, and we're going to drop that on you. And then that'll be a thing that we're going to test as well. And then when all the testing is done, and I will say this, Josh, our developer uh, over at Lifted Logic, is a rock star. He patched about 12 items in one day. So that is very impressive what he was able to do in, in a 10-hour workday, I would say, approximately. Um, but we opened it on Friday, and that was kind of foolish on our part because then we got three days' worth of feedback, and Josh was off on the weekend. So, so Josh comes, <laughs> poor Josh comes in on Monday and probably opened what his emails like, going what on? the heck's going on here? He patched like 13 things. We ran the patch. We're going to run a patch, assumingly, assumingly, every day to continue to sew together. You guys are smoke testing, everything working the way that it's supposed to. But there's a couple people who have gotten in there and they're a little confused, like, hey, like, where's the trade acceptance bar? That used to be a thing that existed. The trades aren't quite working the way that they would in the past, right? Traded this pick and then it disappeared. Yes, it's a beta. It's a beta test. You guys are taking your ownership as our most loyal fans and taking ownership of getting the MDM to be the best version of itself for when we call it a final product. And we thank you for that. And we invite you to take part in that. Just please be understanding, it's a beta test. And I'll get off my soapbox now. But that's very important context to know coming in. But we're, we're overall, we're having a lot of fun. People sharing their, well, the fun mocks that they're putting together. So it's, it's a good if, time. If, if you don't do any trades, everything works perfectly. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, okay. But when you trade down. Tell Bears fans time, that, okay? Right, Paige. And we're doing the demo. Paige is, is egging Chris on like, yeah, Chris, <laughs> yeah, trade do down. Like, Please don't trade down because I can already tell you it's going to auto-simulate your pick when you hey, trade sure down. Enough. And sure enough, we get there and it's like, oh, uh, well, we're going to have to fix that. And I'm sitting there in the background like, you yeah, know, shit, I could have told you that. Mm -hmm. but, but we're having hey, fun. We're is. having fun. So come join us, please. All right. I'd like to offer some additional context. Oh, you of all people. Yeah, not, the, yeah, this is the big this is compelling. Guy. Yeah, the person this is compelling. <laughs> okay. You know, in in software development, a beta test is the second phase of software testing in which a sampling of the intended audience tries the product out. Now, here's the fun facts. You ready for this? Sure. Beta is the second letter of the Greek alphabet. Yeah, that's Originally, true. the term alpha test meant the first phase of testing in a software development process. So how about that for some information Thanks, here as Joe. we really appreciate are, are it. fully in the weeds here with the beta testing. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, all the information's over at the draftnetwork.com for you to be able to, to join us. Okay, Wednesday show. Check the check the tape. Both guys have a topic and are another mini big board. The top five players we are most excited to see at the Senior Bowl. Defense edition. That is what we can have to look forward to here on the show today. I pass the baton back to you, gentlemen, for check the tape. Kyle, you want to go first or not? No, I do not. I have a prospect. I know you I never want to go first. I have a prospect as well. 
Check the tape. Kyle is uh, no, a fan of deferring. Or actually, you choose the kick. There is no second half. You choose the kick. Uh, yeah, I want to choose right. what direction to defend. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right, my player today that I want to talk about is one of the most challenging evaluations in this draft class, which is, seems to be a theme here in players that I'm bringing to the table. And I am referring to Tennessee Volunteers quarterback Hendon Hooker, who is a recent accepted invite to the Reese's Senior Bowl. Obviously, the ACL tear will prevent him from competing, but I think him being there will be good for him, right, to introduce himself to the league, obviously, but also, you know, show some of his football intelligence and have some meetings with these coaches and teams. I think that'll be really helpful. But uh, as far as the evaluation here, uh, two-time state champion, high school quarterback, also played basketball in high school, was a three-time all-time, excuse me, a three-time all-conference selection on the hard court, began his career at Virginia Tech before transferring to Tennessee ahead of the 2021 season. Didn't originally start in 2021, but it didn't take him long to be the quarterback there under Josh Heupel and really have a lot of success from that point forward until he got injured late in the 2022 season. Enters the league with 37 starts under his belt. And obviously, Hendon had a lot of production for the Volunteers and uh, showed a lot of growth based on the player we witnessed at Virginia Tech uh, to where he left at Tennessee. Um, led the SEC in passing efficiency, total offense, completion percentage, and yards per attempt this year. He's got a good frame, a good build, uh, listed at 6'4", 215 pounds. I've heard he's got very large hands, which is never a bad thing for a quarterback. I think mean, he's got good arm strength, can drive the football outside the numbers, push it vertically down the field. I think he's got some impressive moments of accuracy and ball placement to all levels of the field, which you like. A guy with size, a guy with arm talent and decent accuracy. Um, maybe my favorite thing about Hendon Hooker is how quiet his mechanics are. Very quiet feet, finds platforms very quickly, very efficient throwing motion. I think all of that's very, very clean. And so you have an athletic quarterback with good mobility, uh, a guy that allows you to have a wide-open playbook that was very, very productive in the SEC that got better every single year in college. There's a lot to like there. Now, where the evaluation gets challenging is a number of different layers, and I, I would say probably the most challenging layer is the style of offense he played at Tennessee, vertical spread, tempo offense, and not much of that translates at all to the next level. He's going to play the game much differently. He'll be have he'll be forced to to read defenses and process and make decisions a lot differently than the way he was tasked in the NFL. Actually, if I'm looking at my scouting report here, I, it says this is a real sentence I wrote. Uh, the receiver alignments are incredibly wide, and the vertical passing game concepts are mostly foreign to the NFL. Right? There's a big adjustment coming for Hendon Hooker after feasting in this manufactured spacing with very little progression style to what he was asked to do, a lot of predetermined throws. Um, and I think what makes that more complicated to process is the fact that he's going to turn 25 this month, and – he tore his ACL late in the season, so you're probably looking at a, at a situation here where he's not going to be available at all as a rookie 
And so his first real opportunity to practice and get ready for a season is going to come at age 26. And so there's a lot to like, but there's a lot to layer together here that makes him a complicated evaluation. Uh, if he was healthy, I think he could be a day two pick. Uh, but I think that that injury on top of everything else I just mentioned probably puts him in the uh, the early to mid day three conversation. Joe, I have a question. Yeah. That last part that you talked about, it's my biggest takeaway with Hendon Hooker is that more than likely the first time he's going to get on an NFL field is age 26. With yep. that being the backdrop, what kind of offense, what kind of team could you see taking that risk of if we get this guy in our building, we feel confident we can get the most out of him? You know, that's a that's a good question. Um, I, on one hand, you feel like any team should have a level of interest at the right point in the draft because – you know, he's a pup candidate. He's not really going to cost you a roster spot. And in a year, you could have a, a nice backup that could compete to be a starter. And so whether you have an established starter, whether you are on the fence, I think he's a good player to introduce into your building. It just has to come to the point where you say, okay, we feel like the players on the board can't help us in a way that we think he could in a year, right? So I think there's there's like a intersection there that has to make sense, but I, I don't know that he wouldn't make sense for any team in particular through that lens. From a skill set perspective, I feel comfortable with he, with what he can do physically where I know that there's going to be an adjustment. No matter what style of offense he plays in, there's going to be an adjustment. Um, but I think his physical skill set gives me some hope that he can fit into any scheme. And look, I don't want to be confused as, as presenting this player as elite physical tools. He's got good size. He's got good mobility. He's got good arm strength, right? That's that's probably where I want to make sure. I don't want to overstate the physical upside of Hendon Hooker. The worst landing spot for Hendon Hooker would be blank. I don't know who's running EP these days. The Giants? Uh, <laughs> the Bills? Um, the Patriots, those types of offenses where it's really progression style. You know, I think for the record, EP, uh, Earhart Perkins, Earhart Perkins for those yeah. not familiar with big trees of coaches. Yeah. Yeah. The, what the, the three spots across the league that have a Belichick disciple. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, the Giants, the Raiders, the Patriots, and I think to some degree the Bills. I think there's a lot of carry. And, and the Bills them. only count because they had Dayball before the Giants had Dayball. Right, but in in a way, if <laughs> if they play more of that offense later in the year, that vertical <laughs> that vertical offense, maybe Hooker would be a good uh, player to draft in the middle rounds for the Bills and redshirt him. But you know he's he's going to be tough. But I think there's enough there, right? There's enough there to be interested and in, uh, take a swing. You just wish. You just wish that either he wasn't injured or he didn't play in that offense or he wasn't going to be 26 the first time he takes an NFL field, right? If only one of those things uh, could be true, that'd be ideal. But that's not the world we're living in with Hendon Hooker. So this isn't a tape-related question, but it is a college prospects quarterback-related question. When, in the good Lord's name, are you going to do the Bill Parcells punch list for this year's class? (laughs) I got to do it, right? Yeah. I bet you Hendon Hooker checks the box. I bet I he does do too. Yeah, I'll do it soon. I'll do it it's, soon. It's what? It's 
two plus years as a starter, 26 games as a starter, I think. Yeah, it has to be a has to graduate. Graduate. 26 plus starts, 60% completion percentage. I've I've got them all if you want them. I was able to do a quick Google search. Be a three-year starter. Three-year starter, excuse me. Be a senior in college. Yep. Graduate from college. Yep. Start 30 games. Yep. Win 23 games. Post a yep. two to one, post a two to one touchdown to interception yeah, he's got ratio. Three to one or four yep. to one. Complete at least sixty percent of passes thrown. Yeah, Hooker, Hooker might be the only one that checks them all outside of Stetson Bennett. God, the <laughs> hashtag <laughs> analytics here, right? Yeah, very yeah. different world we used to live in in the the eighties and nineties. By the way, right. the story that I found that from. Brock Purdy checks all those boxes for the 49ers, by the way. Yeah, I bet he does. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, Will Greer checked all those boxes. Hey, too, don't, don't, <laughs> you, don't you do that, Joseph. Don't you slander <laughs> Will Greer like that. I've been doing this project for like five years. I'm pretty, I, didn't do, I didn't put Brock Purdy through that uh, criteria. That's on me. I should have taken him more seriously wow. as a prospect. You know, that, that's always the case, right? You'll, you'll get through an NFL season and you'll look back at the rookie class and you'll say, how did that guy not get? Well, we evaled Brock Purdy. I just didn't give him the Parcells treatment. Right, because we gave him like a seventh round. Right, just, like the, league just like the league did. Right. And now he goes to the one hey, spot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Something just hit me. We always do our Mr. Irrelevant competition. Didn't somebody get this right last year at the draft? I think so. I, all right. We might need to check the table. I'll, I'll check it right now. Kyle, go talk. Let me scrub nope. through. I don't know. Chris, what I, ne- day- I, I need you for this. I need everybody to have a pen and paper. For for this? For for my exercise. For all right, hold on. How much? Can I use a post-it note or a, a like post, a legal Post-it pad? note is great. All right. To- Got to pull my to-do list off the top here. I'm sorry for saddling it. I'm, I'm gonna put- I still like to write out my to-do list every I day. I, don't know I if wasn't that's prepared for this. I don't know if I'm I'm going to put you two against each other. Ooh. This is my one of my favorite exercises. Uh, is, we, this, is this officially transitioning into your check the tape segment? I, th- yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with the text message that you sent me during the show, right? No, it does not. Okay. I'm going to send it to Joe here in just a minute. All right. Well, don't do that. Don't distract Joe during the show. Okay. <laughs> what if it's relevant for the show? It's, it's, not, not, it's, not, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Um, I would like you. You are the New York Jets. <laughs> okay. I would like you to write down on your piece of paper the best offer that you would be willing to make for quarterback Aaron Rodgers in a trade this offseason. Please, no comments, no commentary. Joe pondering very deeply. Did we read the, I believe it was Peter King. Did we read the... uh, Tell me you don't listen to TD and Daily without telling me you don't listen to TD and Daily. Was, was it yesterday? It was the focus of Tuesday's edition of the show where I talked about how oh, Peter King just okay. decided the thing that you recorded for today that we're, recording, we're recording on show, Tuesday yeah. and that hasn't was, ran yet. I, I won't listen to it. It's it's okay, Chris. I'll be very straightforward. Thanks, Joe. Really, yeah. friends supporting friends there. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I talked about this. I I thought it was very telling that just you know unprompted Peter King was like, yeah, you know, two firsts is probably what they're going to ask for, I'd guess. Oh, really? You, you're not getting that information from anybody? I need to look up uh, 
what the Jets have. Um, okay, I I I I feel I think I got it, and I don't like what I wrote down here, but I think I got it. Of of what you would be comfortable offering if you were, say, Joe Douglas. Yeah, I I would offer this, but I don't know how comfortable I'd be. Okay, and Joe, do you have? Would you like any further context that is not what Peter King said? The Packers would want, and that the Jets would quote happily offer. Joe, the Jets, the Jets have this all is of Joe their Marino's pre- offer. Okay, yes, yes. I will tell you, the Jets have That's all their premium capital day one and two over the next two seasons. If that they're, matters, they're un- but they have no extra capital. Uh, this year they don't. They, well, they don't have a seventh this year. All right, I got my offer. Okay. Okay. Can I just hold on? Can I check one thing real quick? You certainly may. I just want to check one thing. What do we got here in 2024? What does 2024 look like? Oh, the Jets have the Jets have three fourth rounders in 2024. They don't have a fifth though. All right, I'm good. I'm good. I, I feel comfortable with what I've offered. Okay, so I'm gonna read this from Football Morning in America from Peter King. We want to read the snippet first. Set the table. Everybody knows I love a good soliloquy going into a segment. Adam Schefter reported Saturday with very little couching about the 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers' future that it is a, quote, real possibility that Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded in the offseason. Schefter often puts governors or conditions on his reports, but not so much here about the Packers starter for the last 15 seasons. Quote, make no mistake, both sides are fully aware that a trade is a very real scenario this offseason for Aaron Rodgers, Schefter said. Possibilities, Rodgers to the Jets may be reteaming with ex-Packers aide Nathaniel Hackett, who has interviewed for the Jets offensive coordinator position, or Packer, or Rodgers to the Patriots, which seems very Belichickian, uh, or Rodgers to Vegas if Tom Brady doesn't beat him there, or Rodgers to Seattle, which is seventh in cap room for 2023 and has four picks in the top 55. You could think of 10 more. So how possible is it considered that Rodgers' cap numbers for the next two seasons would be $48.3 million combined? That's certainly manageable. As for the compensation due to Green Bay, my guess is the pack would want at least two first-round picks. The Woody Johnson Jets, desperate for a star quarterback since the Broadway Joe days, would happily pay that freight, I'd guess. But would Rodgers accept a deal to the Jets? We shall see. Please hold up your papers. Forty-four. Two two W Joe, ZW. So forty four Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore is Joe's offer. Chris, you have a twenty twenty three. I assume that's twenty twenty three first, twenty twenty three second, and a twenty twenty four third. That is correct. Did I write twenty two on accident? Yeah, your your years are way off, brother. You're trading picks from the past. I think it's a bold strategy. I know we're we're in beta testing with the the, the trade features, but come on now, can't trade past picks. I've now I've now fixed it. Two twenty threes and a twenty four. There you go. A one, a two, and a three from Chris, Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, and a pick forty four, second round pick, top fifty pick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two first round picks. Not happening. I wouldn't do it. Two first round picks for 39 year old Aaron Rodgers. Okay, here I want to I want to have here it is. I updated my offer. There it is. Or 13. Yeah. You man, I know we talked about National Handwriting Day yesterday or whatever it was, but you were not you were not kidding about the pensmanship. 
I did, and that was some of my best handwriting because I figured the you'd have R and or look like thirteen. You could be a doctor with that kind of pencil. You know, I've heard that before, but I'm not. <laughs> a lot of school required for that. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of don't. I kind of like guy. my offer now. I feel like I'm giving up too much. A one, a two, and a three. I kind of gave up a one, a two, and a three. I gave up Zach Wilson, a first round pick, a two and forty four, and I mean even better, Elijah Moore, who's a second round pick. Right. I I would not give up two first rounders for for Aaron Rodgers. I just want to make that particularly clear. Neither would I. Not at this stage in his career with the longevity and the financial implications, right? Because Chris, you probably know the Jets salary cap situation off the top of your head. Yeah. How are we looking? They're going to they're right now I think they're around like I think they have negative 2 million as of this moment. They're going to have to do some stuff to very quickly get under the cap. Um, but there are some easy things like, and I've told you guys this before, but cutting Corey Davis and cutting Carl Lawson mm-hmm. immediately gets them to around $20 million in cap space um, for next season. So uh, to me, the, the thing that I, and, and this is what I, when I talked about this on TD and daily on Tuesday, I brought this up. If you're a team that's looking at, at Aaron Rodgers and the price tag is 2 million is two first round picks and the $48 million. Would you rather do that? Or would you rather trade for Derek Carr? where it's less money and it's less draft capital, or there's a chance it's not draft capital at all. If he gets cut and you right. can just sign him. And that's or what would I would, you, or I, would, I you would rather not play ball with the Raiders for Derek Carr. I would, I, I mean that fair, but like, or would you rather trade for and think what you want about him? But I'd rather trade for Lamar Jackson and give him the contract. Who's a younger player than give up the draft capital for two years of Aaron Rodgers. It just to me. And, and look, we, we've talked a lot about, Aaron Rodgers and his play and the wide receivers in Green Bay and kind of the conflict of identity that they had where they're paying a quarterback $50 million a season, but their best skill players were their backs and their ability to run the ball. And it kind of put everything in conflict with one another. I do think the Jets have the right kind of roster construction and DNA to bring in a veteran quarterback, but to trade two ones for a player who has flirted with a retirement twice. Chris, what did the Jets trade for Brett Favre? Oh, that's that's a great question. Allow me to uh, to check the tape on that. Because I don't think it was a lot. But it certainly remember. was not two ones. Conditional draft selections. I just, you know, having the Packers in my region this year and watching a lot of Green Bay, Aaron was fine this year. Aaron was not the problem in Green Bay. I think there was some chemistry issues in general, but he obviously turned it on down the stretch when they they made the, the playoff push. But two first-round picks just felt like this astronomical price. It was a it was a fourth round pick that turned into a third if he played fifty percent of the plays in the season. And it a did. second rounder if he played seventy percent of plays in the season, and the Jets qualified for the playoffs. So they didn't make the playoffs that year. So it, was so a it third wasn't a second. Pick. So it was a third. They traded a third round pick for Red Favre. Now that was time. You know, times were different then. Not that much. I mean, that was fifteen years ago. How old was he then? I'd imagine he was probably close to 40, which is what Aaron is now. Yeah, I know. This just feels like history repeating itself. The Jets trading for a disgruntled Packers quarterback, and then it, it doesn't go well. It just I've been down this road before. He was... Hold on here. Okay, okay. Wikipedia, I don't need the entire biography of... 
So he went to Green Bay. He went to the Jets for one season in 2008. Should have done pro football reference there. Would have, would have given you that told year. Me his age. Yeah, would have given yeah. you that year, that age right mm-hmm. next to the year that he played with the, the NYJ. I'm trying to fill it. Wow, look at that. Him. He was 39 when he went to the oh, Jets. Look at that. Interesting. Very interesting. So Aaron might nix the trade just so that he doesn't do the same thing Brett Favre did. I sure hope so. Can only hope. <laughs> so Chris, well, again, you, you, do, do you, on a scale of one to ten, how interested would you be in Aaron Rodgers? Acknowledging negative ten. Negative ten. What if you traded for a third round pick for? What, but is that going to work? Aaron Rodgers and Robert Sala. Is that going to work? I don't think so. If I'm being you don't honest. think you don't think you don't think Matt's calling up Robert and's like don't do it. Like you don't like the, the Florisala connection might just be enough for Aaron to be like, oh, I'm not doing that. If I'm the Packers, you do have to blow me out of the water to trade Aaron with the, well, de- do, with but- the dead cap ramifications for it to be worth it for me. You got to grossly overpay. And that's the other problem, too, because if Aaron doesn't want to go to New York, he could just threaten retirement. And that puts the Packers in the Correct. worst spot ever. The money associated they don't get anything, with Aaron Rodgers retiring is brutal. He's got him by the balls. So, right. He he can do whatever he wants in this situation, and he can dictate where he's going to go. I did think it was interesting that Peter King mentioned the Raiders, the Patriots, and the Seahawks, along with the Jets. I thought that was interesting. Send them to Seattle. That'd be fun. Joe's so picks that you got for Russ. The Raiders? Why do you you have a you have a face McDaniel's like Daniel? Oh, because there. I was trying to figure out like what's the appeal here. It's yeah, the, the, Devontae Adams. Okay. Sorry. And and you could probably very easily structure a deal around a car for Rogers swap of some capacity. Kind they also like have to find Jared Goff toss in for. They the have to find Stafford out what they have <laughs> in Jordan Love. Like he's entering his third season next year. They're gonna have Fourth to determine season. He was twenty twenty. Right, but twenty. Oh what? Oh twenty twenty one. He didn't play in twenty twenty. That's right. Yep. Year four, the yet the last year of his deal, the oh, last right. year of his rookie deal. But I, I, I on the show said third because he only played in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. But you're right, twenty twenty oh. was. That's all right. It's a way editors know it on tomorrow's show. So, just kind of getting caught up in all that and having Green Bay in my region, I felt it would be a fun exercise for us to talk about Aaron and trade value and kind of merge all the things that we like to talk about here in one talking point. And boy, oh boy, am I glad to not have to ride that emotional roller coaster. There's a lot of emotional off-season roller coasters, but for Green Bay fans to do this again after you got the contract extension and you said, okay, big collective sigh of relief, like that's done. Everything we did last year, just kidding. And now like there's just – serious, serious salary cap ramifications hanging in the weeds as well. What would you give up? Because the Dolphins might call about Aaron Rodgers. They won't. Okay. I had a couple phone calls this week. They won't. Okay, they'll pass? All right. Yeah. I don't, by, by the way, sidebar on that. Uh, I don't know when it became assumed that Aaron Rodgers, after beating the Dolphins, um, had said that he would like to play for the Dolphins in a post-game interview with Fox. But like that was a thing that a lot of people thought he said. And Aaron Rodgers said, a really talented team that had a lot to play for 
as well. And people heard it because of how quickly he said it as I'd like to play for. It's like Roger said on national TV, wanted to play for the Dolphins. <laughs> it's like, no, he didn't. I don't think he, I don't think he no, did that. No, he did not. No, I don't think he would do that. So we'll put the kibosh on. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Matt. Uh, Senior Bowl preview week continues. Top five players we're most excited to see on defense. I'd be shocked. Shocked if there's more than two overlaps here. Mm, I might not have any overlap. Really? You don't you don't think you have any overlap? Yeah, what I think that? there's a reasonable chance I don't have any overlap. With either of us? Yeah. So you're going completely. You're going to do the sleeper list before the sleeper uh, list. It's not the sleeper list. It's just the guys I'm most excited to see. Okay. I, we'll All right, Joe, start, start with number five then, Joe. You can go first. All right. Uh, coming in at number five for me is Iowa cornerback Riley Moss. Um. Riley Moss has some real fans out there who are willing to stand on tables for him. We've seen that. And I've done a lot of work on Riley Moss. I know Kyle's done a lot of work on Riley Moss, and I feel a lot differently than his biggest fans. And I think the Senior Bowl will be a great opportunity for us to see him in some one-on-one situations with twitchy receivers that can really separate and get in and out of breaks. And I'm excited to see how he's able to hold up and transition and stay in phase. I know he could turn and run. I know he's willing to be physical. I know he's got ball skills, but I'm anxious to kind of really see him stressed in in that environment and um, see if it impacts my evaluation of, of him at all. So I think there's some layers that I'm interested in finding out about Riley Moss, and he makes that makes him one of the most intriguing players for me entering the league. Number five for me. A draft dude's alum, somebody who's been on the show before. Any guesses? Foskey? Isaiah Foskey, number five for me on my list. This is a guy that going into the season, there was a lot of buzz, and maybe the buzz didn't pan out the way that we all anticipated it, but the Senior Bowl, a great opportunity for Isaiah Foskey to make a name for himself. And I will say this, I will say this, because it happened last year, and I'm not saying it will happen for Isaiah Foskey, but I'm always looking for candidates, people that I can put in the bucket of. They can have the Jermaine Johnson week, right? They can they can have that week where they just absolutely obliterate the rest of the people at their position, and they just clearly earn themselves a lot of money during the week. Isaiah Foskey, I think, falls in that bucket for me. Is a guy that could have that kind of week and could be and could be that special. So Isaiah Foskey for me, number five. Great guy. Really, uh, really gracious with his time as a draft dude's alumni to come on and talk football with us. Had a successful year, had a successful career at Notre Dame, set the all-time sack record. So uh, very much rooting for Isaiah, although it does does feel like the league is a little lower on Isaiah in general. You don't hear the same first-round type of buzz for Isaiah uh, from those inside the league that, that we have a chance to uh, network with as you, as you do – the consistent like top 20, top 25 mock draft selection. So I hope he does do well. Number five for me, you're going to find some themes 
in my list because they're all pass rushers. I have five pass rushers. I wish I could lie to you and tell you I had a linebacker or a safety or a corner. No, I don't. I have five edge rushers <laughs> on my list. DJ Johnson, Oregon Ducks, number five. Very, 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 very athletically gifted player. Um, kind of got lost in the sauce amidst the Justin Flows and the Brandon Dorlisses and the Christian Gonzalez's and the uh, Noah Sewell's of that defense. I mean, I just named enough names for you to know, like from a name brand perspective. This was a middle tier name in the midst of that defense, but you turn on the tape and you watch him. And his physical ability is very, very, very apparent. So for me, I want to see what DJ Johnson is able to do at the Senior Bowl as a standalone prospect. Because I think from a skills and tools perspective, he's got top 100 potential. Now, living up to that is a different story, and that road could very well start in Mobile. And because of that, I'm very fascinated to see what he does with his opportunity this week upcoming. If I um, didn't convince myself that I needed to have non-defensive linemen, I probably would have had five uh, defensive linemen as well. But uh, uh, I have another defensive back. And number four for me is Ronnie Hickman, the safety from Ohio State. Uh, really enjoyed his tape. I think he's in a lot of ways the, the discount Brian Branch player where if you – or thinking about Brian Branch in the first round, maybe you just wait for Ronnie Hickman on day two. Uh, really hit, physical. Man. Yeah, he, he's got a really nice trigger, man. He's that really thrives as that plus one player in the box, but I think he's got some coverage ability as well. Um, thought he had some really good man coverage reps against uh, Michael Mayer uh, in that Notre Dame game. And at other times throughout the season, I was really impressed with his ability to line up and carry and, and stay in phase and mirror and match in the slot. So I think, him showcasing more of that, um, maybe seeing his range a little bit more. Uh, obviously, some good tight ends that are going to be at the Senior Bowl, Luke Musgrave. It's going to be some good opportunities for him to be challenged and uh, really make me feel good about him uh, as a day two prospect. So, Ronnie Hickman's a guy I can't wait to see. Number four for me, I think there's been a lot made, and I think the two of you would agree with this, of how good this corner class is this year. There's a lot of good players at the cornerback position. Correct. We look at a guy that probably wants to rise his name up the boards a little bit. Julius Brents, number four for me on my list. I believe the quote was, if you're looking for the best corner in this class, it's me. Well, you know what? When you have quotes like that, Julius, you make my mm -hmm. list. I want to watch you play, okay? From Kansas State, by the way. Yes, Kansas State. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say Kansas State. Yeah, okay. that's, yeah we're, we're into that time of year, right? We can say Aaron Rodgers and everybody knows where he's from. But <laughs> Julius Brents is a day two corner. Um, Kansas State, big time showcase against TCU in the uh, Big 12 championship game. Number four for me. Spoiler alert, a pass rusher. Nick Hampton of App State. There are some. I'm gonna hesitate. I don't. I don't want to go there. I'm not saying this is the next version of this player, but there are some shades of another draft dude's alumni in this player's game. 
Any guesses? Brian Burns. Brian Burns. Yes. Now, Hampton is kind of built the same way where he's got the narrow abdomen and he's built real lean, but he is long. He wins with first step and he's flexible and fluid, but you don't really like him in tight alignments and you really don't want him living in a world where he's got to stack tackles and defend the run with consistency. But boy, oh boy, his speed rush ability is there and he shows a willingness to convert speed to power. Not that he's overly consistent at doing it yet, but this is a twitched up flexi pass rusher, flexible pass rusher off the edge. And he's been very, very productive for App State. And I think this is a day two prospect, Nick Hampton, out of App State. Uh, we had a chance to to speak with someone who worked closely with Nick um, during his college career. And they offered nothing but praise as far as the individual and the work ethic and the natural gifts that he has. And it is so apparent when you watch him that... Um, this is somebody who really has a chance with his explosiveness to make a statement in Mobile. Almost put him. Almost put well, him. Count. Well, almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, so we're 0 for 2, Joe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three for me is Oklahoma defensive tackle Jalen Redman. Uh, Redman, there are times where he looks like a first-round pick on tape where he's really explosive. He's got moves. He's got a hot motor, beats blocks, finishes in the backfield. There are those types of flashes. In fact, I think he's a five-star, former five-star, super highly regarded recruit. Um, but it doesn't show up enough with enough consistency. Um, and it's kind of confusing because I don't really have questions about his motor or effort or anything like that. It's just like he just disappears at times. And I think some of that could be the role at Oklahoma, you know, a lot of odd fronts and he's playing over the nose as you know of up the field penetration style player i think that there's a real opportunity for him to unlock a lot more with his ability to be a an attack style player um but i I think he's going to thrive in one-on-ones i think the interior guys are really going to hate blocking him all week and i think he'll make some noise and make it easier to lean into those high level moments as you see them unfold in front of your eyes but um He's a player that I'd like to talk to and um, obviously can't wait to see in the one-on-ones. Jalen Red, we're, we're, we need these types of players, right? We need some up-the-field penetration style into your defensive linemen. And I think Jalen Red, Redman is really appealing, but you just want more consistency, hoping to gain some more insight in Mobile. How different was that defense under Venables than what it was prior? Um, I, I Different, for sure. Um so he wasn't in the Neville Gallimore, um, Perion Winfrey nose role. No, but he, he they rotated a whole lot more. So he was kind of in and out. And oh, that sounds familiar. Is the guy who has the Clemson defense, right? You can't get more than yeah. two series in a row with the same freaking guys up front, right? You're just looking for just more. Number three for me, will the linebacker class please stand up and identify yourself to the rest of the world? Because somebody's going to have to do it. Somebody's going to have to be one of the first couple linebackers off the board. Well, there's an opportunity for somebody who probably should have declared a year ago 
to the NFL draft, didn't, came back, played for a very good SEC school, is now a senior, is now a member of the Senior Bowl. Kyle, look like you wanted to make a guess. Yeah. Joe? Oh, Henry. Henry Toho Toho, number three for me on my list. Here is a golden opportunity. We talk about there are some mock drafts over at the Draft Network where there's not a single linebacker that goes in the first round. Other times, there's only one. Somebody's going to have to fill the void. Somebody's going to have to fill the gap. Henry Toho Toho, here's your opportunity to regain the hype that I think you had a year ago entering the 2022 draft. Here's your opportunity to do so at the Senior Bowl. So I'm looking forward to watching him play down there in Mobile. Please do, but in the same light, in which we talked about Isaiah Foskey. You don't get warm and fuzzies here in the league talking about Henry Toto. Listen, that's not the, the list isn't the top five I, players that the league gives the warm I and understand. fuzzies at the Senior Bowl. The list is the top five players I'm most excited to see at the I understand. Senior Bowl. And I, I don't get this one. I'm not quite sure why there's not more enthusiasm for Toto, but just an observation I had. Um, Thomas Incombe. This is a the good old-fashioned directional Michigan kid that we reference every year. There's one in every class. We got one. Central Michigan's Thomas Incum is an explosive, thick, dense pass rusher, and he is uh, every bit of 265. Uh, he played at Valdosta State. For his first couple years of college, transfer to Central Michigan was uh, a prominent pass rusher for the Chips, Chippewas, and um, he also has length. He's not as dynamic as Nick Hampton. He's not as flexible as Nick Hampton, but I would venture to say he has a better pass rush palette and plan than Hampton because he doesn't have those other things. And this is one of the most tireless football players I have watched in this entire class. The motor just never turns off. Ton of second effort plays. Son of ton of getting down the field in pursuit. Finds the ball. He's a closer. He's a finisher. He's taken over a couple of games that he's played. And the best game he may have played all season was the one in which he put up the, the least amount of stats against Penn State. Thomas Incombe, don't forget the name. I'm very excited for once about this directional Michigan kid that's on everybody's radar. You guys had a chance to see the uh, chat. So you mentioned Valdosta State. They are the Blazers, and their mascot is a flaming match. And I've sent a picture of him. It's outstanding. In the... Yeah. Please, please refer. It's Blaze. His name is Blaze. Come on, please, this is a great mascot, guys. Please, this is a great be, mascot. A match. Whoa, whoa, you can actually you can request to have Blaze show up at your. Yeah, event. And I, I sent you a direct link to that. Can, in case can you we do to. it? Can Can he come to the Super Bowl or something? <laughs> well, like <laughs> Valdosta State, and maybe the next time. I don't know. Next time we're in Georgia, maybe. Yeah. Get right. Blaze to come out. Definitely needed to give him a shout out. Um, my number two here is, is it me? Yes. It's is you. it blaze from right. Valdosta state? <laughs> yes. Uh, number be. two for me is everybody knew this guy was going to be on my list. Isaiah McGuire, the defensive end from Missouri. I really enjoyed watching him over the summer. Thought he had another good season for, uh, Missouri. <laughs> I thought he gave Broderick Jones, who has a chance to be the first tackle drafted the most fits of any player 
uh, that I've seen. He's 6'4", 275, good length, good speed-to-power conversion, really active in quick hands. He checks a lot of boxes, and he's got some nice nice twitch and flexibility for uh, that size player. I, I see a lot of Zadarius Smith in him, um, and I, I just feel like he's kind of uh, under the radar right now, and I think after Mobile that'll change. And uh, as more people go back to the tape and just kind of see just how good he's been, um, he'll gain some more fans. So Isaiah McGuire, player I'm really anxious to to scout down in Mobile. Number two for me, and Joe, you're right. We're going to go four for four of nobody of no matching names. So it'll have to come down to number one, and I don't think it's going to happen. But number two for me, Brian Branch is a very popular name in the safety department, right? Very popular name to be the first safety off the board. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian Branch ain't going to be there, and we got to look at other options at the safety position, and I wanted a very versatile list. I wanted to have all the positions covered, so I picked a safety. I actually picked a safety who played corner in high school and now plays safety for an SEC team. Oh, by the way, played for the national championship team as well. Hmm, would you look at that? Christopher Smith. Number two for me on my list. This is a guy that has the ability, that has the opportunity to be the second safety off the board and be a guy that gets drafted to the back half of the first round. Here's your opportunity to show that versatility to go compete against the best of the best at the senior bowl. Christopher Smith, safety, number two for me on my list. Number two for me. Still no overlap. It's an edge player. It is an edge player. It's Auburn's Derek Hall. Um, Gets into the end of the first round in some of these mock drafts. This is he's a little bit more tightly wound than some of the other names that I've mentioned. Uh, most notably, DJ Johnson, I think, is more fluid, and Nick Hampton is definitely more fluid. Uh, but this is prototype build to play base defensive end in the NFL. Uh, very effective with his length, very powerful with his hands. He's a power rusher. We talk about power rushers and their ability to collapse angles as compared to speed rushers and their ability to play at steep angles. And I think Derek Hall is a very clean transition for what he is. The question is how high the pass rush ceiling is. But if you want a guy who you're comfortable is going to play on early downs and he goes to Mobile and shows you outside of the Auburn infrastructure what he's capable of as a pass rusher to win as a pass rusher. I think this is somebody who can really firmly stake their claim as a first round draft selections. You think about some of these teams picking in the back half of the first round and what they usually like at defensive end. I think Hall is going to check a lot of boxes for a lot of teams because that's the one thing you can't fix. I can, I can try to attempt to improve your instincts I can try to attempt to improve your block deconstruction skills, but I can't make you look the way Derek Hall looks from a physical perspective and the tools that he has, and that puts a certain floor on how low he'll get drafted. I think he wins in Mobile, and I think he goes and stakes that claim, punches his ticket to the first round. My number one guy is Georgia Tech defensive lineman Keon White. This guy sounds incredibly intriguing he was on Bruce Feldman's freaks list entering the season 6'4 290 pounds has hit 21 miles an hour on the uh the radar gun uh 32 inch vert 38 reps of 225 pounds started his career at Old Dominion had 62 tackles 19 for loss in 2019 transferred to Georgia Tech had an ankle injury in 2021 comes back in 2022 bulks up has 14 tackles for loss seven and a half sacks on a bad Georgia Tech defense, 
And you just hear so much about him, like from Dame, right? Dame's really kind of been talking about him a lot through the summer and the season. Uh, we had a, a roster discussion with Jim Nagy last week where, you know, he was kind of standing up for Keon and saying, I don't know why there's not more buzz on this guy. There's just an unbelievable physical upside with him. I want to see him, man. This is going to be my first real extended look at him. And, and, you know, we'll obviously get a chance to see him for a number of days. And so he's going to be one of my top priorities to figure out that week. And then obviously can't wait to do the cross check on him, but sounds like a toolsy defensive lineman with a lot of athleticism and size. So that, uh, that always moves the needle for me and I can't wait to get eyes on him. Keon white. Sorry. I got a little excited. Keon white (laughs) defensive lineman. Georgia tech (laughs) is my number one player for all of the reasons that Joe Marino outlined. He is incredibly toolsy. I cannot wait to see him up close and in person. I actually kind of want to go back and try to dig up the old dominion tape and see what that looked like. Like that. Like 262 pounds. I want to know what he looked like at 260. If he looks away, he looks at 290, right? This guy might be a top 50 pick, man. Like when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, Chris mentioned with Foskey potentially having the Jermaine Johnson type showing. Keon White's not built like Jermaine Johnson, but if you had to ask me, this is the guy who could really explode and have everybody buzzing by the end of the week of practice. With how brother, f- if he's carrying two ninety, I don't see it, man. <laughs> this, right, he's uh one of those different kind of dudes potentially yeah. here. Uh, remind me to ask you both the question that I was going to ask you, but I know we're we're up against it here. We got to get out of here for the day. So just somebody remind me, be it a listener to tweet at Chris or Chris or Joe yourselves, remind me tomorrow. I have a question about one of the factoids that Joe dropped uh, in the, his Keon White synopsis as well. But that is going to do it for us here today on the show. Kyle Krabs, Joe Renner, Chris Schubert. Thanks to our friends over at Bet Online for their, their continued support of the show. Make it a great rest of your day, and we will talk with you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.